0: Hi guys, welcome back to PS We Have Orders. I'm Perry. Hi, I'm Shannon. Um, Shannon. How are you? How is your New Year's going?
1: Going pretty good. We did a couple different things this year. Like in Japan, this, I guess we should probably just start with this. Uh, one of the traditions slash customs yeah. in Japan is to actually see the first sunrise of the year. It's meant to be like a good luck thing. And we went this year, we went to um, the most northern part of the island to see it. Had a beautiful sunrise. Um, we also underestimated everyone else from basically probably ah. the whole northern part of the island was going to be at the same spot. And <laughs> oh my yeah, really hard to find. Like, we couldn't find parking at first. And I was like, just, just pull down this road and just park. Like, we'll be really close to the car. So the minute people start leaving, we'll run back to the car and get out of here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like, we literally stood on the side of the road. We didn't even make it all the way into the Cape. We stood on the side of the road mm-hmm. where it overlooked one of the cliffs anyway. Okay. And like... We got some beautiful pictures. Actually, that's one of the pictures I posted on uh, on our Instagram.
2: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Breathtaking. Yeah, it's not easy to get up at, like, six o'clock in the morning to go see a sunrise. But, like, we wake up early anyway, and it gives us a chance to kind of start the day off on a positive note and keep on moving forward. Um, another really fun thing is I told him I was going to talk about this. Okay. This boy.
2: Oh, boy. Okay. This boy.
1: Okay. He told. Uh, we, mind you, we're gonna we're gonna really set the mood here. I complain a lot. I know I complain a lot, but I complain about how I'm the one who always has to plan everything. So I planned for us to go up to Akuma, which is the resort up and up in the northern part of the island, to spend New Year's to be relaxing, yeah. be peaceful. You know, get away, but mm-hmm. not really away away. I didn't really have anything to plan for. I was just like, ah, oh, we'll relax or whatever. We'll see what the weather does. Mm-hmm. He turns around, and tells me a day or two prior, goes, "Oh, I planned some stuff for us." I'm like, "Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. 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 We'll, we'll see what we want to do." He goes, "Yeah, yeah. We're gonna hike and go see some some really cool falls." Okay. Awesome. Cool. I don't parry noses. I don't really hike. The outdoors kind of scares me at times.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. my, Especially where snakes fall out of trees. Oh my but god! Exactly. That, that's one of my biggest reasons yeah. why
1: I don't hike here because I'm scared of the wildlife killing me so Mm -hmm. I'm a klutz not very coordinated so we're really going to set the mood here so the first hike we do is literally you have to scale like partially rocks or hop Mm -hmm. rocks up the river to get to where the falls are and I almost had a mini panic attack because I was like if I go up in the bushes there could be sinks but if I scale the side of the rocks I'm going to fall into the water and get soaked Mm yeah And we made it up to the water, like up to the falls. Remind you, we're scaling, Mm -hmm. hopping rocks to rocks. And it's kind of funny because Sean, my lovely husband, was playing, you know, basically the floor is lava and was hopping majestically from rock to rock.
0: Right. He's so tall. He has these long leaky legs. He's like a gazelle. He's really like a gazelle and I hate him. (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Love you, Sean. And I was playing survival.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, but the pictures were beautiful. Oh, well, the pictures are absolutely beautiful. I have a lot of pictures I actually need to post. By yeah. the end of it, I was just walking walking up the river in my hiking boots because I at one point I fell in one <laughs> foot and I was like, oh,
2: dang
0: it!
1: Yeah. And on the way back down, I dropped the other foot in, and, I, and my husband was like, and "You're like, well, at this point, <laughs> literally," he said to him, I'm "like I'm already soaked, I might as well walk up the river at this point. I'm not going to try mm-hmm. to jump rock to rock and end up breaking an ankle." Cause that would yeah. be me. That would get my yeah. foot lodged in a rock or something. And I'm like, if I fall, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Like the whole time, I'm like, yeah. it's gonna collect life insurance on me soon.
0: <laughs> that was his plan? He's like, N- New Year, new car. Right, hey. it, it, was,
1: <laughs> it was fun. I won't lie. We saw some beautiful stuff, like you know, cool nature stuff. But the entire time, I'm just like, Sigh. I'm not
0: this person.
1: What are you doing to me?
0: <laughs> I heard Eliza Schlesinger's bit on hiking. Possibly, it's she says uh, hiking is the one activity you can lie about because it's just walking slightly uphill. But men's versions of hiking is yep. like what you're describing, and when girls, uh, <laughs> girls' uh, version of hiking is walking through a park in her Lululemon leggings, holding a peanut bread. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like that's more your hiking, hundred oh, yes. percent. And like yes. this boy has me
1: scaling up a side of a mountain and I'm like looking at him mm-hmm. like you could do this with your boys. That was literally my New Year's. Perry, what about you?
0: I was actually editing the first episode of the season over New Year's. Will came up and kissed me and then left. And I was Romantic. like Romantic. What was that for? And I looked and it was twelve oh one. I was like, Oh, happy new year. <laughs> yeah, we decided not to do anything, just like one, we didn't plan anything, and two, there's just so much COVID going on right now. I didn't want to do any large crowd thing. Don't blame you. So, and, you know, we left the house for Christmas, so for New Year's, I just kind of meh. Yeah. So I'm still kind of in that, like, weird coming off of, like, the Christmas high. Like, don't know what day it is, don't know what time it is. Yeah. Do, do I work today? Do I not work today? How many Saturdays in a row do I have? It You know, I'm just kind of in there, but... um. One exciting thing, uh, I guess this is really falling in the housekeeping, is on New Year's Eve, my last foster kitten of 2021 got readopted because, bless her little heart, she got adopted by this really sweet couple, and they had never owned any pets before, and the wife ended up having... Allergies, oh, no. like such oh, bad allergies. Not like, mild, like but probably, she, probably pretty no, bad. like her whole face got swollen and she wasn't breathing, and, and oh, it was okay. really sad. So, it was my first kitten that was returned, and I feel like she knew she got returned. And ever Ooh. since she got back, she just got spiteful, <laughs> so she kept biting me. <laughs> so, I hope, and this family, oh my gosh, they were so nice when I. Well, they picked her up, because they, they met her, and then they chose to adopt her, but they didn't have any pet supplies, so they had to, like, go to the store and buy some pet supplies and yeah. came back the next day, and she brought me sushi as, like, a thank you, I guess. I thought that was so I think sweet. it's also she's really like, funny that sushi. she's picking
1: up a cat, and she brings you sushi.
0: <laughs> I mean, it seems like a fair trade. <laughs> I think it's a very fair
1: trade. I just think it's, I think yeah. it's really cool.
0: But anyways, speaking of rejected things, Shannon... For the NMR this week, what is your phobia? What are your phobias?
1: Okay, so number one, I feel like this is probably already pretty well known. I am like deathly petrified of snakes. I'm also pretty sure that was a a genetic inheritance that I took from my mother because she's also like deathly afraid of snakes Mm -hmm. as well. That's one thing I'm petrified of here is like coming across a snake and like they're quite poisonous vicious little buggers here so like i'm okay i don't want nothing to do with them um cannot stand spiders spiders gross me out and i have like let me think of one weird one that like really kind of skews me i was probably saliva i don't that's really weird yeah like saliva is kind of one of those things that makes me like when people are like like not hacking but like trying to like hawk up uh, uh, I, i hated that stuff like i was like being like can you stop being such a monster? Go outside or something. I'm like, oh, get out of here! Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, 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 like, I'm gagging over here. <laughs> what about you, Perry?
0: <laughs> I mean, snakes, obviously. Uh. Although, I found this site. We'll talk about later in shareables. But there's this Instagram, this like Facebook page, It's a zoo, and there's this chick. I don't know, probably a little older than us, and she works with all the reptiles. And a lot of them are like lizards and alligators and turtles and stuff. But she also naturally has to handle snakes. No. And, but like she treats them like I treat Murphy. No. He's like, oh my god, look at him! And like her outlook on them is is starting to make me feel better. No, I never will touch them. Still, no. Um, but I'm yeah. still firm. now. Uh,
1: Cold blooded, okay. not welcome in my house.
0: But my weird phobia and i don't know i feel like there must be some childhood trauma Always is. but i am afraid of the muppets <laughs> they freak me out so much um i'm not super sure why is it because they're puppets is it puppets that i freak don't know because i don't have a problem with sesame street sesame street is fine it's specifically the muppets i just can't handle it um there must be some kind of trauma that oh, I just definitely. don't know definitely. There's definitely
1: but. some really, really rep- repressed stuff that you might come across in therapy in a couple years.
0: I know, right? I just ask my therapist about it. I'd be like, hey, why do I hate the love? She'd
1: be like, oh, let's sit down and talk more. But yeah, I guess we'll move on. Okay. So our newest segment that we're adding in now is uh, shareables. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to share this week, Barry?
0: Okay, so like I mentioned, the Reptile Zoo is out of California. They have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, and I'm pretty sure YouTube. I got sucked down into like a Facebook watch rabbit hole. All those are the
1: best.
0: If you like reptiles, man, it's great. Even if you don't like reptiles, it's really cute. Like It's just a really cute, really pure, beautiful channel. Nice. Um, if you want to watch people look at very huge dangerous dinosaurs and go look at her she's doing so good then that's the channel for you. To them. so the other thing that i watched just in my haze of what day is it what time it is you know was a documentary on hbo max called beanie maybe mania, mania beanie mania you about beanie babies it's about Beanie Babies, yes. like kind of like the rise and fall of yes. Beanie Babies. And the reason that they made it is because I guess just recently with all of the like YouTube influencers and yeah. bloggers and bloggers whatever going back home, they like got into yeah. it and that like them and their parents are going through it. So there's like rekindling the yeah. Beanie Baby media. It's again. because
1: our generation... Needs.
0: We have the memories. Yeah, we
1: need the, me- we need the positive memories from our childhood because our adulthood is right. just so gloom.
0: <laughs> and like, I had beanie babies as a kid, and my mom worked at a small toy store because beanie babies were never sold in like Kmarts yep. and Walmarts and stuff. They're only ever small, yep. sold in small toy stores. So when they're interviewing these beanie baby collectors, they're like, I mean, now they're women in their 60s going on 70s, but back then they're like women in their 30s, <laughs> yeah. 40s. And I remember being at work with my mom because childcare is expensive so I'm at work at a toy store with my mom really hard childhood in the 90s you know and I remember my mom getting these phone calls from these crazy women (laughs) being like do you have the lamb and then my mom going over to the shelf and like putting a lamb on layaway (laughs) or the there'd be like a group of four women with their fluffy 90s hair you know and their denim vests okay and coming in and like squeeing (laughs) With joy because they finally found the bear that they wanted, oh and then telling my mom, we went to six stores looking for this, like we're from New York, da da, da. Oh and gosh. it's like it's so funny to see now as an adult like understanding what was going on. Yeah. And then comparing that to my actual childhood. So I loved it. If you love to babies, I would recommend it on HBO Max. It's so good. Um, what about you, Shannon?
1: i follow a couple different like bookie people like when i say bookie i mean as in like book readers and all that on um on instagram
0: not like gamblers like bookies no god no
1: i don't <laughs> actually weird fun fact i don't really like gambling at all because i see it this way if i'm gonna spend money stupidly i'm gonna go shop yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i was saying that with, with um with reading and what uh, quite a few of them kept on posting this like basically showing all the books they read and i'm like but this looks like an app this doesn't look like something they collage themselves so i finally messaged one of them because she's here in okinawa mm-hmm. i've asked her questions about other stuff i'm like hey do you by chance use an app she goes yeah and i'm like is it free mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like yeah it's a free app it's wonderful you it's it's really really good it's very user-friendly very easy to figure out and it's called good reads okay. which is exactly how, how it sounds good reads No mm-hmm. space in between you can find enough um Like I I found off the Apple Store for free, Mm -hmm. and you can literally first you put in like obviously your preferences, blah 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 blah. You scan the books you've already read. You can rate them.
2: Oh, that's cool. Doesn't
1: like a rating system makes you feel important. Yep, Yep. makes you feel like your opinion is is validated. Mm -hmm. And then you can also add books that you want to read. It's almost like a backlog. Like oh, I really want to read you know Gothic America, whatever it's called, Mm -hmm. or like the third installment of the U franchise. You know. Yeah. And then you know, like, oh, when I read it, you can literally type in your progress of how you're reading through the book. Oh, that's So you feel cool. like you're accomplishing stuff. And then when you finish it, you mark finish and you, you know, rate it. Mm-hmm. You can also set goals for the year of, like, how many books you want to read this year. I was simple. I did, mm-hmm. like, 15 <laughs> books okay. for the year. I mean,
0: it's still so- more than one a month
1: yeah that would uh, that's my real, really big goals. like do fifteen ideally, I want to do twelve this year. I was just like, this is such a cute nerd thing that I love, <laughs> but yeah, that's like my shareable of the week. I have tons of other things I'll probably slowly sprinkle in,
0: yeah, but. definitely. um, do you want to get into today's topic?
1: okay, so first things first, we're gonna do a trigger warning. oh yes, oh Lord, big trigger warning for this episode so this this episode, we're gonna talk about postpartum depression. And also postpartum psychosis. We're going to get into obviously all of these. So there is also going to be talk about suicide as well, because, you know, depression, suicide kind of goes hand in hand. So please, if you're sensitive to these kind of things, please don't hesitate to kind of just close on out from here on out. We respect it. We understand Mm -hmm. it. You know, you gotta got to set healthy boundaries and, you know, understand when something's your limit. Um, We're not going to get too much into the nitty gritty of things. There's only one case that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. perry's gonna cover
2: mm-hmm.
1: that goes into the postpartum psychosis which is a pretty famous case at least in my opinion it's yeah a, it's like a even if you aren't case.
0: familiar with it you've probably heard about it i would say it's like as famous as like the dingo ate my baby like everyone's aware yeah. it happened even if they don't know what happened yeah. yeah when i was editing our first episode for the year I do not know how we get on side tangents, but we do. We just do. And Shannon went on this seven and a half minute tangent that I had to take out because we already had an hour and 44 minutes of content and it just didn't fit. But I literally messaged Shannon. I think she was hiking a waterfall, falling into a river. hike number two. Yeah, while I was editing. And I said, Shannon, like, I hate to do this. I have to take all this out, but you – make really good points and you're clearly passionate about this so we kind of scrapped what our original episode two was going to be and we decided to do this just because this is something that shannon has been studying and she knows a lot about and is passionate about and it's also something that affects the military spouse community heavily i think we've both yeah. seen it you know obviously it happens yeah. outside of the community but it
1: happens to any any woman and something you'll find out about it actually affects other people in the families as well right so i guess uh I'll yeah just shannon touch on, you,
0: yeah i want you to yeah,
1: start off yeah i guess i'll okay. touch on my little to- set like how we even got onto this topic in general is how i got into the topic in general my final final paper for my final final class for my bachelor's was you pick whatever topic you want to pick on my original topic i picked was postpartum depression with the overlap of alcohol use mm-hmm. because in my mind depression alcohol tends mm-hmm. to go hand in hand Due to that paper, it was only supposed to be like seven to eight pages. Turned into an eleven-page paper about Weird. majority about just postpartum depression itself, and even sometimes what are triggering, what could not trigger points, but what could possibly put women at a higher risk category to re- to end up with postpartum depression. And mm-hmm. one of them, which was not shocking but very sad, mm-hmm. was abuse. Is yeah. if they come from a very abusive relationship, like the spouse abuses them or the boyfriend or the significant other beats them or whatever it may be, it puts them in a much higher category mm-hmm. to end up with postpartum depression. It was a very high percentage. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head because it's been a little bit, but it really, it sat with me and I'm like, it just makes me sad because I feel like people know about postpartum depression, but mm-hmm. people don't know necessarily the warning signs. Like I know firsthand, like someone, someone we know, and it was really sad because I saw how she struggled after her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I even said to my husband, I'm like, I feel like she possibly has you know, postpartum depression. And he's like, oh, I mean, you know. And at this point, I just kind of – I was only like halfway through my education. And I shouldn't say halfway, but like halfway through my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. So, I wasn't even super versed in the topic yet. Mm-hmm. As so I have like basic information, it was really sad because we found out a couple years later because she came out formally and said, yeah, I had postpartum. I just looked at my husband. and I'm like, how did no one else see this? Like, we only see them a very small fraction of the time. Yeah. How was I the one who noticed this? I don't know that person very well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it kind of worries me because I feel like there's a lot of women who suffer in silence and it makes me mad as a female. Yeah, There's so many people that suffer in silence. Like I have so much respect for moms. Yes, I'm not a mother myself, but obviously my heart goes out to moms and it makes me so mad because I feel like moms are put on these pedestals.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And if they think it like they are expected to just perform at 100% at all times, Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to fault. They're not allowed to be sad. They're not allowed to be depressed. They have to be perfect mommies. And I'm sorry, don't mean to shatter anyone's expectations, but that's impossible. And it makes me mad because I feel like it puts women in a worse situation because they're expected to perform at 100% at all times. And especially new moms, they're basically like, you got to be a perfect mom. You got to do it. And like, people are so judgy.
0: Yeah, was also like, i've never mom. done this before i've never had to keep a teeny tiny thing alive before but you're not allowed to make any mistakes and the people judge you so harshly and yeah. that's just me looking in i'm not even in yeah. the mommy groups but i've seen it still like I, shannon yeah, before I've, we I've began recording it. she made a comment about about seeing it like last week yeah yeah first hand um,
1: and it made me mad cuz i'm like you don't know like leave her alone like yo back off leave her alone mm-hmm. like as women no just like sincerely as as humans mm-hmm. we should be there to support each other not tear each other down and if you see someone tearing someone down i don't want to say verbally or physically assault them but tell them <laughs> to back the hell off yeah they no one needs that negativity set healthy boundaries and tell people no like that's not cool to take tear each other down yeah you know, like it's stupid human kindness. I just I'm sorry, doesn't take much. Like I was saying that that's what kind of got us into this topic. So overall, today, we're just gonna very briefly talk about postpartum depression to help bring awareness to this to to this issue. My opinion is an issue because I feel like it's not talked about enough. Because yet again, I feel like it's just one of those topics that people shy away from because Mm -hmm. who wants to talk about this? Oh, it's so sad or whatever. It's important. Mental health is important. Because not everyone is in circles that. Talk about this openly, let alone know about it. Yeah. What is postpartum depression? Many mothers deal with uh, many different changes before, during, and after giving birth. And after giving birth, emotions can come to an all-time high, meaning from joy to fear and anxiety. This could cause the mothers what can be called baby blues. Mm. This can include mood swings, crying, sleeping issues, which is not surprising. Right. just gave birth to a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping. (laughs) What's that? Yeah, this can typically happen within the first few days, up to two weeks after giving birth.
0: Mind
1: mm-hmm. you, that's what they what is called baby, baby blues. blues. Yeah,
0: that's like your hormones trying to like rebalance, basically. Yeah, so yeah. it's like right after giving birth, generally this is occurring. It's like your your hoo ha has stitches in it. You feel like you got punched between the legs. And Multiple times Everything probably. is crying, and you're not sleeping, and your hormones don't know what to do. That's like, oh, and you're, you're still, still contracting, expect- so that all your yeah. little organs go back into place. Yeah, yeah.
1: While also expecting to keep a new human alive.
0: Yeah, exactly. So all the things. No, that all act, the
1: things. Yeah, you are expecting to go from giving birth to now doing a balancing act. Yeah. While also healing yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah. And then, so this is where we're going to kind of start seeing differences. So some mothers may experience. A more severe, long-lasting form of depression known as postpartum depression. In some rare cases, so rare cases, there's a mood disorder called postpartum psychosis that may develop after giving birth. Yeah. And what I was
0: reading is usually, in order for it to turn into postpartum psychosis, you already have to be struggling with mental health and have a lot of people already have diagnoses, diagnoses, diagnoses. A Di- diagnosis. diagnosis. <laughs>
1: Diagnoses, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a famous case that I asked Perry to look at. I have heard of this case. It, in my opinion, is one of the most famous
2: mm-hmm.
1: postpartum psychosis cases that I feel like if you type in her name, it comes up right away. Yeah. And I feel like some true crime podcasts have talked about her. Yeah. Due to the lighting of it. So, Perry, right. do you want to talk about this yeah. a little
0: bit? Can I just say, I am I am a big true crime person, but this one hurt my heart. Oh, my God. It's very sad. Yeah. Most of what I have, like, quoting here and most of my research, I literally just got from Wikipedia. And then I have a few other sources, and they're all linked. But some stuff I did quote directly just because I emotionally couldn't string those sentences together myself. <laughs> so Makes sense. Um, we're going to talk about... Andrea Yates. I feel like everyone has heard about her without knowing like that you've heard about her. She was born in 1964 in Texas, and she struggled with eating disorders and depression and suicidal thoughts all throughout her teen years. So she already had some mental issues going into all of this. After she went to school for nursing and working as a nurse, she married her husband Russell, a.k.a. Rusty, in 1993. And they were super excited to, quote-unquote, have as many babies as nature allowed. So they were very religious and very excited to start a family. So right after they got married um, in 1994, their first son, Noah, came along. Just over a year later, their next son, John, came along. And then in 1997 came Paul. In 1999 came Luke. And then in 2000 came Mary. And they're all biblical names. Their first and middle names are all biblical names, I've noticed. So it was clearly like a big theme in their lives. But it really happened after Luke was born that her mental health really failed her. And I also want to note that at the time that Luke was born, her mental issues really started coming to light. She had three toddlers and an infant, and they were living in like an RV. Like, not, like, a mobile home, but, like, not, like, an actual mobile home, like, like, an RV situation. Yeah, it's
1: a very small cramped space.
0: Yeah, it would be enough, even if you didn't already have mental issues, to give you mental issues. So, after Luke was born, here's what happened, according to Wikipedia. On June 16th, 1999, Rusty, the husband, found her... Andrea, or Andrea. Not super sure on the pronunciation. Because Andre- Andrea, yeah. And- so Andrea?
1: That's how the news, is, news okay. uh, outlets were reporting it.
0: Okay. Found her shaking and chewing on her fingers. The next day, she attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on pills. She was admitted to the hospital and prescribed antidepressants. Soon after her release, she begged Rusty to let her die as she held a knife up to her neck. Once again, hospitalized, she was given a cocktail of medications, including Haldol which is an antipsychotic drug. Her condition improved immediately and she was prescribed it on her release. After that, Rusty moved the family into a small house for the sake of her health. Thank you, Rusty. And she appeared temporarily stabilized. So this was in 1999. During this time of hospitalization, doctors told Rusty in no uncertain terms that they should not have more children as it would guarantee future psychotic depression. But as I already mentioned, she had a fifth child in 2000 named Mary. So, they went against the doctor's it. basic orders and had Got it. so children. The doctor said red, red flag. And the doctor said, said guaranteed breakdown. Yeah. And they said, let's do it. So, soon yes, after Mary right. was born, Andrea's father also passed away. And that is when she went completely off of her meds, which led to an obsession with Bible reading, like this frenzied religious Bible reading, more self mutilation. She stopped feeding Mary and was starving her infant daughter, and it led to rehospitalization for her. According to Wikipedia, on May 3, 2001, she degenerated back into a near-catatonic state and filled the bathtub in the middle of the day. She would later confess to the police that she had planned to drown the children that day, but had decided against doing it then. She was hospitalized the next day after a scheduled doctor's visit, her psychiatrist determined she was probably suicidal and had filled the tub to drown herself. So, she didn't kill them the first time. But just over a month later, against doctors' specific instructions, Rusty had to leave Andrea alone with the kids. Okay? He did schedule Andrea's mom to come and check on her in an hour. But on that day, June twentieth, two 2001, Andrea killed all five children. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to just say exactly what Wikipedia says to describe what will happen. Andrea started with John, Paul, and Luke, and then laid them in their beds. She then drowned Mary, whom she left floating in the tub. Noah came in and asked what was wrong with Mary. He then ran, but she soon caught and drowned him. She left him floating in the tub and laid Mary and John's arms in the bed. She then called the police, repeatedly saying she needed an officer, but would not say why. She then called Rusty and told him to come home right away. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Those poor babies! I just
1: think that's sad, because yes. it's like... <sighs> it's just really sad, because yeah. there, is, there is a clearly a thought process of why she did what she did. The mm-hmm. way she did it, obviously, doesn't... It? I'm not condoning or excusing the behavior. Yeah. But when it comes to mental illness... This is, this is literally why I get very upset about topics like this, because so many people are villainized when all reality, there was red flags along the way, and oh, people yeah. just chose to throw them out the window, saying it's fine.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to get into a bit of the, the trial, um, okay. because initially Andrea was found guilty of murder in 2002, um, and the insanity defense was rejected. Because she did, like you said, showed intention. This was the second time she had filled a tub and and had these murdery thoughts. Also,
1: yeah, homicidal thoughts. when
0: the police officers arrived, their dog was locked up. And the dog never was locked up. So it clearly showed that she put the dog away in case the dog tried to interfere. So the jury felt like she proved intention, which is what is needed for murder. Yeah. But in 2005... They reversed the conviction, and the reason it was reversed is because <laughs> the psychiatrist for the prosecution admitted that he lied, because at the time, he said <laughs> that Yates got the idea from a Law & Order episode that released right before the incident, saying that on that show, a mother drowned her child, and that's what gave Andrew the, the idea. But that episode doesn't exist. Yeah. What's funny is that Law & Order Criminal Intent did make an episode, but that wasn't released in 2001. It was released in 2004, and it was based off of the AIDS case. So there's no way that an episode that was based off of the case yeah. could have existed before the murders took place. So because of this mm-hmm. false testimony, it was determined that she was not guilty. And instead of being sentenced to life in prison, she um, was sent to a mental health faci- treatment facility.
1: Um, Which is the what is proper for this? A
0: 100- hundred Thousand percent, what she did was wrong, and what she did was murder. But it was not because she's a bad person; it's because she's a sick person. And if we want to get pissed off a little bit more, the the fact that this postpartum depression, and postpartum psychosis, it wasn't treated and it wasn't accepted by by her husband. Honestly, the doctors were yeah. saying this is going to happen. This is going to happen, but. It was so socially unacceptable and like not known, okay? Uh, according to Wikipedia, once again, Yates' brother, so Andrea's brother, Brian, told Larry King on a broadcast of CNN's Larry King Live that Rusty, the husband, okay, expressed to him in 2001, so the same year that this happened, while transporting her to Deveru treatment facility that all depressed people need was a quote-unquote swift kick in the pants to get them motivated.
1: Which I believe I recently saw an update. Now, ex husband.
0: Yeah, they got divorced in 2006.
1: Yeah, which makes Mm -hmm. sense. Ex husband did not take mental illness, you know, appropriately. And it's very just, it's just sad because, like, that's one of the biggest issues. Right. Where you marry someone because they're your partner, they're your, in theory, your best friend, blah, blah, blah. They're supposed to be able to notice the differences between your moods. They should be the ones that should go hey, you haven't eaten in a right. while, or hey, but even how many hours of sleep have you gotten in the last week? For
0: her, it's not, she's sleeping two hours less. For her, it's yeah. not feeding her baby. For her, it's being in the hospital. Yeah. And he chose not to even see this as a She was thing. suicidal. And when he left her alone, that wasn't the first time he had done it. The doctor said, don't do this. Don't leave her alone. And he said, well, if I don't leave her alone, she's always going to depend on me. So she needs to learn independence. So he specifically knew exactly what he was doing. And he thought that just forcing her to grow up is gonna fix the situation. So it's yeah, like one of those things. I'm just... like, Rusty is partially guilty, man. That is, that is neglect. You know what I mean? Like that is.
1: Oh, it was Blaine, disres- disregard of her. Almost well-being. like if
0: I said Shannon, I want to shoot this person in the face and you lock me in a room with a loaded gun on that person. You know what I mean? Like that is kind of the situation. Like he facilitated this murder, honestly.
1: Oh, in your opinion.
0: Anyways. All right, Shannon, that's, that is the case of Andrea Yates.
1: Okay. So it's one of those things when I look at postpartum psychosis, this is one of the most famous cases that comes up. There's other, some other cases out there that are not as famous, but this is one of the first ones that actually came to mind when I thought about Mm postpartum psychosis. So, like I retouched touched on earlier, the baby blues, yes. which is almost like a – I don't want to say a precursor to postpartum depression, but it's re- it's more common. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm going to do is just, I'm just going to talk about the symptoms. So, the symptoms for baby blues – so, this can happen a few days after giving birth up to, like, no more than two weeks yeah. after giving birth. And it's also very common with the DSM, DSMS – sorry, it's, like, 1230 at night <laughs> for me. So, like, the big, the big book for psychology diagnoses okay. – that can't talk already they tend to cap everything with times Mm -hmm. for diagnoses so like this is why we're giving a little bit of a time frame yeah so per this explanation was with it after giving birth up to two weeks where baby blues kind of can kick in and those this is some of the symptoms that were shown with it mood swings sadness irritability common get it got it crying Mm -hmm. sleeping issues and appetite issues yeah okay that kind of makes sense you also just gave birth so this is where things come in a little bit different so be mindful Mm -hmm. if you're trying to i don't want to say unprofessionally (laughs) diagnose someone there are differences so for postpartum depression can start during a pregnancy or as late as a year after giving birth but can start within a week of giving birth so it's a little bit of a much broader yeah, time frame.
0: But it lasts longer than two weeks.
1: Most okay. definitely. So with this, you some of the symptoms you could see would be um, depressive mood, severe mood swings, excessive crying, difficulty bonding with, uh, with their baby, withdrawal from family and friends, loss of appetite or eating more than usual, inability to sleep or insomnia or sleeping too much. Yet again, makes sense for depression. Overwhelming fatigue or loss of energy. Reduced interest and in pleasures and activities you used to find joy, intense irritability and anger, fear that you're not a good mother, hopelessness, feeling worthlessness, shame, guilt, severe anxiety, pang attacks, thoughts of harming yourself or your baby, mm-hmm. and thoughts of death or suicide. So that's where you can kind of see the shift and change. Where it's one thing that you're not sleeping well, and it's kind of making you a little irritated and frustrated, and maybe you're not eating. Anxiety. Like, I don't know about you, Perry, but if I don't sleep well, my appetite yeah. is like real yeah. weird. I don't eat sometimes because I didn't sleep well. because My stomach's real right. rough.
0: If I don't get enough sleep, I usually wake up with that's an upset stomach, and I don't want to eat. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So you got to wait for it to settle. But that's this is way beyond just like a day of not sleeping right. well or a couple of days of not sleeping well. Right. So yes. Perry.
0: Oh, yes. So then from the depression, so we have the baby blues and then the postpartum depression. And I think most people that experience the depression kind of stay at that level and can be treated at that level. But like we said in the beginning, if you already have some mental health issues or abuse in your past or if you're currently going through abuse, that can turn into postpartum psychosis And that can start showing signs within a week after giving birth. And those symptoms include confusion and disorientation, obsessive thoughts about your baby, hallucinations and delusions, sleep disturbances, excessive energy and agitation, paranoia, and the attempt to harm yourself or the baby, which I think all of these Andrea Yates could definitely have ticked off for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like, that's where you kind of start seeing the differences between all these different, I don't want to say levels, because it's not necessarily a level or an achievement, but the different, different ranges of it, because like, it's, you know, there's obviously new mothers, yeah, they're gonna feel different things. But like, it's, it's different when these things when certain symptoms last more than a couple weeks. That's when you got to start really like, okay, we got to look into this and see why you're still, be, still feeling this way. So one thing that I thought was really common in my research was that new fathers can actually show signs of postpartum depression too. I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> exactly. So like when I read it, I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense. So most common signs are issues eating and sleeping, which makes sense. If the father is young or has a history of depression or struggles with, struggles with relationship problems or struggles financially, they're at risk. If the father is uh, showing any signs of depression or anxiety during the pregnancy, or even after within the first year of the child's um, child's birth, mm-hmm. so within the first year of the child's life, he should probably talk to a doctor because the high anxiety and the depression could cause much more issues down the road. Yeah. So,
0: and that makes sense though. Just really quick, I feel like with moms. It's just the classic role that they stay home and take care of the kids. Even working moms in the U.S. they get much longer maternity leaves, opposed yeah. to maternity leaves. I think the military is changing that a little bit. I know at least they're, yeah,
1: they're adding more time for both parties, which is
0: so good. I mean, a lot of states that give you like three months off, six months off. But that's besides the point, anyways. But I feel like even then, like the father of the child has this expectation of not even expectation, but just this, like need of okay now i have a thing i need to provide for and if you're not making enough money like that's gonna cause issues you know like Severe it's issue, kind of yeah. like obvious like who's prepared to have a child yeah. you know so
1: yeah so the bit, next big question when it comes to mental health obviously mm-hmm. what do you do at this point when you realize hey you're symptomatic or possibly your partner's symptomatic yeah. So if you are showing any symptoms that don't quote unquote fade away mm-hmm. after two weeks or gets worse mm-hmm. or any thoughts of harming yourself or your baby mm-hmm. or possibly your partner, possibly who knows yeah. at that point, seek out medical profession, professional help. Like don't think it's just going to go away. If it's been more than a couple of weeks, yeah. two or more weeks, you need to seek medical assistance at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. That's the biggest thing. I got to really harp. If you feel a way, there's a reason. Yeah. And chemical imbalances are serious.
0: Absolutely. And if that is something that you're thinking about, if you're thinking about suicide or killing your baby or something, uh, there's a suicide hotline. It's 1 800 273 talk So, 1 800 273 8255. Or you can use their web chat on suicide prevention slash chat. And we're going to have those links up. For you and our thing. Maybe it's not you. Maybe if you see somebody that's struggling, you could share it there as well. And if you or someone you know is experiencing postpartum depression or potentially even psychosis, there is a helpline at postpartum.net or you can call 1 800 944 4773. And you can even just text that number, the word help, and that'll get you started um, because it's one of those things that it's a support group. And so at the very least, maybe you're not sure, maybe you're on week two and a half and you are just so depressed. You can just join it. It's good to talk to other people. It's good to talk to professionals and just kind of, even if you need to talk to someone just to make sure you're not crazy, you know?
1: Yeah. Which I I just, I don't know. This topic is one of those topics that like- Makes you afraid to have have children. We mothers. (laughs) Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Always a fear. But like, it always makes me kind of like, make me think of like all my mom friends and i'm like i don't always know how to help because like i I joked with my friend who actually just recently had a baby in the last couple months mm-hmm. i joked with her and her husband I'm like i don't know what to do with babies babies terrify me they're kind of squishy that's terrifying i'm like if you want me just to come over and literally sit in the room with your baby so you can take a shower i won't know what to do
0: but i can keep it alive for 30 minutes I, exactly
1: exactly yeah. like if you need to take a shower or something like yeah, I don't live close, but I will drive 45 minutes just so you can take a shower and eat something. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, I don't know what to do with babies. I can't, I'm, I can't guarantee the best because babies terrify me. But I guarantee me. the bare minimum. <laughs> I can bear, I can guarantee bare minimum, but I can also cook for you. True. Because that's, that's one thing is like, also oh, big thing. If you see a meal train, this is really common in the military. What is
0: a meal train? Do you want to just say what it is for anyone listening Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess
1: I'll explain that. So. What is really common after people tend to have babies is obviously um, moms trying to keep baby alive, uh-huh. and if they have multiple children already, it's very stressful. It's a big transition in their lives. So one thing that's very common is that like a key spouse, which we've talked about key spouses before, yeah. or even a good fa- a friend of the family will set up this thing called a meal train, where normally they'll set up this slot,
0: it's like a list for
1: like the next two yeah. weeks or a month out. Where people can volunteer to make food for the family or the mom and, you know, Dabby or whatever. So normally in there, they'll put like any form of restrictions, like no dairy or whatever, whatever it is. And normally in there, you sign up for a day and you just put generally what you're going to make. Yeah. What I always do is I try to sign up for at least depending on who they are, like, especially if they're good friends of mine, sign up. I sign up sometimes twice, sometimes three times, especially if I don't see a lot of other people filling in on it it helps out those parents a lot. Yeah. Like I always make them a huge like baked ziti or something mm-hmm. so that they can literally put it in the fridge, pop out a little bit when they're hungry, microwave that baby up, eat it within five minutes, yeah. and then go back to keeping a small human alive.
0: Right. And not have to think about cooking and a balanced meal and grocery shopping. And yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. It gives them, it just gives them a little bit of a buffer while they're trying to figure out other things. So if you see on your squadrons page, or your flights page, or your shops page, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if you see someone posting, like, hey, there's a meal train open, we still have some slots available. Even If you don't know them well, if you can, and you're able to financially swing it, and you have the time, sign up for it. Help them out. It means a lot for a lot of parents who do that. Like, I always try to as much as I can.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a fancy. it helps them out. Like Shannon said, no. big Z. How hard is that? Pasta yeah. and sauce and you the meat. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't take I mean, I <laughs> No. Yeah.
1: And like, I always communicate with the people too. I'm like, hey, do you have any, any dietary mm-hmm. issues? Like, can you not do spicy or can you do no dairy? Or are you very much like, please no more pasta. Everyone's brought pasta. Right. Exactly. You
2: know?
1: Communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I always tend to kind of look at the meal trends what other people have brought before me. So don't bring the same right. thing someone else brought. Yeah, Exactly. Or I'll even ask, like, "Hey, is there something you're really craving? Mm-hmm. If you want chicken nuggies, I'll get you chicken nuggets, <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, especially if your friends are there, just ask them what do they need. Right. It's not that hard. A little bit of human kindness goes a very, very far away.
0: Mm. No, I might be like, bring Good. me sushi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's more accurate. Yeah, that's way you more can make accurate. Make
0: me a log of sushi the size of my arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what i would ask
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i respect yeah, that yeah, okay. i totally respect. especially if that.
0: i went nine months not being able to eat raw fish okay like i'd probably
1: <laughs> yeah that makes sense ah yeah. uh, so um yeah I, I just um i guess on, that, on note, that note thank you yeah on that note i guess thank you everyone who's still here thank you for everyone who's listening um, we'll try to come back with like obviously. a happier
0: podcast yeah we're gonna
1: try we're gonna try next time. actually no our next episode should be really fun.
0: Okay. Let's hope. Unless anything else comes No, I know <laughs> so.
1: It's going to be fun. Okay. It's going to be fun. I've already had a plan. ivory ordered necessary objects for this. Yes, yes, yes. That sounds really weird. Necessary reading materials okay. has already Research been ordered.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. I need to do the same. So, Ooh.
1: yeah, you do. No, I... So, we have something planned, something fun planned for February so everyone hang tight. Thank you again for listening. Um, thank you for everyone who's supporting us in year number two of the podcast. Yes. Some fancy, fancy stuff. Yep. Um, I also recently noticed this. I don't know if you noticed this, Perry. Mm. You can rate podcasts now on Spotify.
0: I didn't notice. Yes. Oh, interesting. I'll have to figure out. It how. could be
1: a bug, but if you can look really quick to verify to make sure I don't look like an idiot in the podcast.
0: Uh, <gasps> yeah. Yes, you can. I just gave us five stars. So, five stars for effort at least
1: (laughs) so if you're listening to us on spotify apple podcasts or wherever else you listen to us please give us a rating obviously we prefer a five star it helps us out it helps out the podcast it makes the computers do their computer thing and it helps us out thank you again everyone have a wonderful wonderful day happy 2022 yes we want nothing but positive vibes and also let's continue to spread a little bit of joy and a little bit of kindness
0: mm-hmm. definitely
1: the last two years have been real rough
0: <laughs> yeah so all right guys we will talk to you in two weeks Bye. hey thanks so much for listening to ps we have orders if you want to reach out to us please send us a dm on instagram at ps we have orders podcast or you can always shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you can leave us a review wherever you listen, we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, guys. okay hi guys what 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 are you laughing
1: (laughs) no just you sighed at me you're like
0: (sighs) no that was that was clear my this is that's my switch you know from my normal speaking voice to my very professional (laughs) (laughs) podcasting voice today on npr um okay (laughs) cool